This is LBC with Ben Kentish. Call 0345 6060 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Jay Liverpool in just a moment about uh, your thoughts, your views on whether Labour is looking like a party that is ready for government, whether Keir Starmer is looking like a man who has what it takes to be our next Prime Minister. That's still to come. Uh, Firstly, let's get more on those talks taking place tonight uh, in Washington between President Zelensky of Ukraine and President Biden, of course, of the United States. Simon Marks joins us, LBC's Washington correspondent. Simon, great to speak to you again tonight. Uh, It was a pretty crunch meeting. We talked about it last night about the the real impact that these talks that President Zelensky is having on Capitol Hill had the potential to have. And what do we know about how they've gone? Good evening. Uh, Good evening to you, Ben. Yes, I mean, it's been a very, very busy day here in Washington, D.C., both at the White House, where Presidents Biden and Zelensky met and held a joint press conference after their encounter, uh, but also up on Capitol Hill, because President Zelensky went there to meet leaders of uh, both political parties, uh, and also there have been behind-the-scenes negotiations taking place today uh, between the White House and Republicans over this issue uh, of Republicans saying that they will only back continued funding for Ukraine and this $106 billion supplemental funding bill that President Biden wants to see passed, not just to help Ukraine, but also uh, to send more military aid and support in the direction uh, of Israel. Republicans say they will only support that if President Biden cracks down on illegal immigration into the United States across America's southern border. Here's what President Biden had to say uh, just a couple of hours ago during that joint press conference with President Zelensky. We'll continue to supply Ukraine with critical weapons and equipment as long as we can, including $200 million I just approved today in a critical needed equipment, additional air defense interceptors, artillery and ammunition. But without supplemental funding, we're rapidly coming to an end of our ability to help Ukraine respond to the urgent operational demands that it has. Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong. And President Zelensky, during their earlier meeting in the Oval Office, indicated that he understood that he needed to send a message here that Ukraine knows what it's doing militarily, that he has a strategic plan for 2024 uh, to push Russian forces back, and that he still believes that there is a path to victory for Ukrainian forces. Ukraine can win. Our goals for 24 are clear. Take away Russia's superiority and disrupt their offensive operations. And I think it's real. You could hear in the background there a fire crackling in the Oval Office. It was placed, uh, they they were seated uh, around it. Uh, President Biden was actually also trying to light another fire under Republicans on Capitol Hill to get them moving on this supplemental legislation. Uh, There is a glimmer of optimism tonight after the talks that took place uh, this afternoon between the White House and uh, Republicans. A couple of senators emerging from it said that substantive progress 
had been made, but there's no final deal. And the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, uh, was telling reporters this afternoon he sees no practical path for getting this funding passed, Ben, before Congress breaks up for the Christmas holidays, meaning that it will be very much still on their to-do list when they regroup uh, at the beginning of 2024. Quite incredible that the future of Ukraine really dependent on the horse trading and the haggling. Well, exactly. Hill, but that's how it is over there, Simon. That's how it works, isn't it? Let me ask you about another set of negotiations taking place, in some ways even more important and fundamental. COP28, the United States, one of a group of countries today, are signing a statement saying that the deliberations, the drafts, conclusions of that summit so far are inadequate. Yet another climate summit, it seems, pretty close to ending in failure. Uh, yes, uh, although I think, to be to be fair, the United States probably could have seen this coming. I mean, there's no question that this outcome, an extension of COP28, because the original draft declaration uh, put before the conference by the host nation, the United Arab Emirates, and clearly uh, with some Saudi influence as well, uh, omitted any reference to phasing out the use of fossil fuels. Uh, I mean, uh, environmentalists have been warned that that was a possible outcome of this COP uh, long before it actually began. But only a couple of weeks ago, uh, President Biden's climate czar, John Kerry, uh, was asked whether it was a mistake uh, for this conference to be, be, to, to be being chaired uh, by a UAE official who happens also to be the head uh, of the UAE's oil conglomerate. And John Kerry dismissed those concerns and said, no, 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 he's a committed environmentalist, uh, this uh, official that has been chairing uh, the conference and there was absolutely every reason to believe uh, that there was a path to success here. Well, Mr Kerry at least I think has a certain amount of omelette on his face and for an issue about which Joe Biden is so passionately concerned generally and let's mm. let's be fair, the Biden administration has prioritised the battle against climate change unlike any of Joe Biden's predecessors in the Oval Office. Uh, I think the US delegation at COP is now going to be working overtime to try and salvage the outcome of these talks because you've got former Vice President Al Gore describing that draft declaration as threatening COP28 with becoming the biggest failure in world history. So enormous pressure on those delegates still uh, in Dubai to come up with a, a better outcome. Simon, great to speak to you as ever. Thank you so much. That's Simon Marks, LBC's Washington Correspondent.